0: To me, that describes what a hell of an assistant should be, Bob.
1: Oh, I agree because you've been one yourself. I, the most important thing, I, I told somebody when I came here, that the, the first most important thing I had to do was listen and learn. But then, as you know, as an assistant coach, because we just got through talking about it, all these head coaches are different. So a really good assistant coach can adapt. And mm. each head coach I've worked for needed something a little bit different for me. It's It's my job to find out what it is and then own that. And not overstep those boundaries. We got an amazing staff here. It's just not me. There's some people here that worked for Kim back in the Baylor days, and this is a well oiled machine. I tell everybody right now, my claim to fame is I haven't found a way to screw this up yet.
0: Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir, with Zach Kendrick, and our guest today will be Bob Starkey, the associate head coach of the LSU Women's Tigers basketball team, currently ranked very high in the country at 20 and zero. And Kim Mulkey has one of the best teams in the country with a big showdown next Monday against the Tennessee Vols, who are also 8-0, with our South Carolina Gamecock women, defending national champs so it's a great sec as always but bob starkey let me tell you one of our dearest friends in coaching um he's one of the people that i love and look up to and learn from and i think uh i think you'll see why zach tell our listeners about a few of uh, bob starkey's accomplishments on his yeah
2: bob bob's a bob's a legend and if you ever you know got to be around him you know why um i mean for those that don't know him and aren't familiar he's Been coaching for almost 40 years on both the men's and women's side. I believe he's got over 800 wins now as an assistant. 24 NCAA tournaments, eight Elite Eights, five Final Fours. One of those was actually as an acting head coach in 2007. Uh, He's coached under three Hall of Famers, Dale Brown on the men's side, then Sue Gunner, and now Kim Mulkey. Um, I think he's coached five, isn't that right? Five top five picks in uh, the WNBA and NBA draft with Shaq, um, Chris Jackson, or. Ahmed Abdul Rauf, Simone Augustus, Sylvia Fowles, Kelsey Bone, and then seven of those have actually ended up going on to make All-Rookie Team. Uh, bottom line, like I say, Bob—he's he's just a legend. You know, when I was coming through LSU, I was able to see him work from a distance. Um, And that was in his first stint there. And then, you know, you hear all the stories about him, as you have, with Johnny Jones over the years, which made me respect him even more. And he's a lifelong learner, which you'll obviously get to hear in this episode. And the tiger in me, you know, I'm wearing my stripes today. The tiger in me is thrilled to see him back at LSU where he belongs.
0: Well, after this, uh, you know, word from our partners and sponsors, uh, you're going to come back and you're going to really, really learn from one of the greatest assistant coaches of all time, in basketball, men's or women's coaches, and you're going to see why he is a special, special individual. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined a shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that you that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in for to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Coaches, are you looking to take your game preparation to the next level? Then Fast Model Sports is the perfect coaching software for you. With FastDraw, build an organized library of plays and drills and create professional playbooks to share with your players and staff. You can also download over 9,500 free plays and drills from our play bank directly to your FastDraw account. Looking for a better way to build your scouting reports and want to include video? With FastScout, build custom scouting report templates to prepare your team best for each individual opponent. Plus, did you know with the latest updates from fast model sports you can now include video with your fast scout reports and share with your coaches and staff all within the fast scout mobile app the combination of fast draw and fast scout is by far the best way for you and your coaches to create winning game strategies and effectively communicate them to your team over 10,000 high school and youth coaches trust fast model sports products to help their teams reach their goals to order Go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw or Fast Scout products. Remember, go to FastModelSports.com. Use code COACHINGU15 to get 15% off any Fast Draw and Fast Scout products. All right. Well, listen, I am so excited that, you know, coming back from our break that Bob Starkey, one of my dearest friends, and uh, I like to say, Bob, even though you're younger than I am, I like to say you're my mentor. But, you know, everyone's got to have a mentor and shit. Mine are half dead. Most of mine. So I'm excited that you're my mentor. And, uh, you know, one of the, you know, learning is something that's so important to both of us. How did you ever, you know, coming out of you know, a hotbed of coaching in West Virginia like you did, how did, how did learning ever you know reach the pinnacle of where it is in your life right now?
1: Well, I think in my situation, it was uh, the people that I worked for and I admired at an early age. I'll start with my junior high coach, Alan Osborne, who uh, later gave me one of my first coaching jobs on the high school level and he was a continual learner, always going to to college practices, always going to clinics, always reading, uh, and always taking me with him, uh, Mm. sliding a book to me, uh, had me over the house. So early on, Alan was somebody I I admired greatly for his knowledge, and uh, I observed how he did that by being a continual learner. So I think that got me off on the right foot. And then, uh, as you know, Anybody that's in this business for any extent of time that's relevant, they're continual learners. There's no other way to stay in the business and be successful unless you're constantly looking uh, for ways to grow and improve. So uh, I've been around some of the best and, and, and they have set a great example for me.
0: So when you are starting as a coach, did you ever know, cause this question is often asked to me now, did you ever visualize yourself being a person that others were coming to to learn from, and that you were promoting the learning through your blog and your website? That you would just be the person that people were learning from?
1: Well, certainly not in the beginning. Sure. In, in the beginning, I, you know, I, I think one of the 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 best things I have gone for me is I have a a great understanding of what I don't know. and so you know when you when you have that mindset you're constantly seeking out knowledge now uh, along those 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 roads i i I think that i i still don't feel like i'm one of those people uh that is passing on knowledge i feel like i'm sharing knowledge with others you know i've I've, you know certainly you're at the top of that list i have a a great circle of friends that uh we have great opportunities to to pass knowledge to share knowledge uh when I was a And M, I had to have you come speak at my clinic, and mm-hmm. and, and and you know all those kinds of things. I, I think there's a, a group of coaches in there that we inspire each other to share. I mean that's that's the way we grow the game. The best way to grow the game is to grow those that lead and teach the game. And so I think uh, with us, especially in our older years, uh, we feel a great responsibility. Uh, I know uh, our friend Don Meyer in his later years. Uh, the most important thing to him was to stay relevant. He felt the best thing he could do to stay relevant uh, was to teach the teachers. Mm. And so I, I kind of think that uh, as, as we all get older and we've been blessed with people like that, we feel uh, the need to, to to take the, the reins and, and do what those people did for us.
0: You might be, there's a circle of you, Jimmy Boone, who's, and I was not being facetious or being a wise ass when I was saying uh, West Virginia to me is one of the cradles of coaching i, I mean that jim, jim yeah. boone nick saban donnie jones you know Sean Finney. there uh are fr- jimbo fisher there's so many great coaches yeah. from there mike d'antoni dan d'antoni there's so darn many of them uh so that was not meant to be i i just found that the people there are so special because they're so giving and uh saban is one of my heroes because i learned like you I learn more from football coaches now at my age. Now I'm uh, I, than the basketball coaches.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent. Of course, uh, you know I was blessed. My first tenure here at LSU, Coach Saban was the football coach. Yes, uh, and he was somebody that was was always willing to share with other coaches. Uh, it's, a, it's it's probably a side of him that unless you've worked in a, a in a building with him, you don't understand that. Whether he's speaking to us, talking to our players. Uh, I, one of the most evolving things I've learned in coaching is, is, is the process of not being concerned about results, but being concerned about the day-to-day operations of execution and, and growth and competing. And, and, and certainly it, it, it means a lot to me that, that Nick came from my home state. Yes. Uh, but you know, the, another friend of ours, Buzz Williams, uh, that was one of the things I got from him. He meticulously studies football coaches. Uh, because of the type of organization and the structure that they have for the, uh, the abundance of staff members and players. I mean, it's just a different level of teaching. And uh, I, I do think this, Brennan, you know, this, I, th- I think the best coaches find people outside their world to learn from outside the box, whether it's a, a coach in another sport, whether it's a business leader uh, there, there's so many people to learn from if you're open-minded.
0: You know, I, I, I... I always look and see who coach Saban brings in every summer to speak to his teams, right? Because here's the best coach in the world. And he has other people coming in and basically he knows whether it's Kobe Bryant or Ernie Johnson or Charles Barkley or Stephen A. Smith, they're going to say the same things that he's saying, but it's a different person saying it. And that's obvious. Yeah.
1: My favorite part of those is guess who's in the front row taking the most notes.
0: Yeah. How about that? It's Nick. Just like Zig Ziglar with John Gordon, right? Sitting in the front row. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, you know, I, I just love that he's there, you know, people, I think in our generation of young players and young coaches that are on kind of an microwave type of mentality of how do I get there? I want to be just like you coach, but you haven't even coached a game yet. You know, they, they, you know, but when you say the process to them, it's like you're BSing them and you're not telling them the truth. They don't understand. They want something where literally they can do something and in five minutes. It, it snaps to magic and stuff. But the process is the whole key, isn't it?
1: It, it really is. And I, you know, uh, I tell people all the time, my first job was on the NAI level coaching the men's program. And the year before I came in at West Virginia State College, they'd gone four and 18. And uh, I was paid $6,000 given a dorm room and a meal card. And our first year, we won 18 games. And the athletic director called me and said, you know, I hate to do this, Bob, but we got budget cuts. I got to drop you to 4000 and We can't afford the meal card. <laughs> the next year, we won 26 games. And he said, Bob, I'm so embarrassed. He said, we got to drop your salary to $2,000. And you know we're not going to be able to afford the dormitory, so I grabbed my clothes, move into my office, and that's where I lived for a year and while i'm while I'm living there i'm I'm doing the laundry Brandon, I know you've been you've been down this yeah, path before yeah. I'm doing the laundry after practice and making recruiting calls and watching film and then going down and then and moving the the, the socks into the dryer and then, you know <laughs> you had to do it all. we didn't have a secretary, so we're doing handwritten letters and uh, but I learned so much. One of the most important things that happened to me is my my first ever coaching opportunity was simply to scout for my local high school. And I learned so much from scouting. And I would never be the coach that I am today if I didn't learn to grind and do all those little details and learn the game the way I learned them. And uh, you're 100 percent right. There's so, so many young people that. Uh, just want to graduate from college and, and jump right into that big D1 job. And, and they're going to really miss out on, a, on an important growing part of the game.
0: So many of the people in your circle that had an opportunity to either play for, work for, coach with, um, you know, our dear departed friend, uh, you honor him almost every Monday, it seems like, you know, coach with some of the stories and stuff how would you get so infatuated with coach Meyer and stuff? I mean, I got to meet him probably in my mid 1990s. I, I got to meet him when he came to Michigan once to do a clinic and he called me and I was like, I was like, I'd already won championships, gold medal. And I'm like, my God, Bob, Don Meyer just called me, you know, and I, you know, and I'm like, he said, can you come and speak at my clinic? He, yeah. Next thing I know, I did half of the clinic for him, and and I'm sitting there, and I said, I just did a half of a clinic for this guy, and I didn't ask him about do I get anything or anything. He said, pick out any videos you want, and I'll I'll give them to you. And I I didn't I was just so honored by him and stuff, but he was sitting there learning, and I was learning from him. He was maybe as he was like, I, I, I was lucky as you know, to play for UB in high school Brown. And I put Don Meyer in that same category as a teacher coach. Uh, He he was the best. Um, My relationship with Don
1: started when I was on Dell staff at LSU and he said, Hey, there's this great NAI coach in Nashville. He has a free clinic in the fall. You need to go up there. And I went up there and the clinic was just, it was just lights out. It was, you know, two and a half days of nothing but basketball where, where coach Meyer taught everything under the sun on the court, off the court. And uh, I'll never forget when I came back, uh, uh, sent a letter to him through our secretary, a nice type letter uh, saying uh, how much I enjoyed and how much I learned and, uh, I got a, a handwritten note on uh yellow legal pad saying, Bob, this is NAI stationery. Next time you come through town, you're staying at the house. Well, Don in Nashville had a three-story house with nine guest bedrooms, and it was Grand Central Station. You never went there. He, some of my best relationships, Dean Lockwood's one of my dearest friends.
2: Mine,
0: too. Yeah, yeah, I
1: met him the first time I stayed at Don's house. We shared a room up on the third floor, so... <laughs> Don, I don't, I, you know, and he he connected with everybody. But there, there something, uh, we we just become very very close. I mean, to the point where he, he would travel to Baton Rouge and stay at my house, and he would speak at our clinics, and uh, I went and visited him every year. And you know, he would come down. He would bring his wife Carmen, who is a a absolute saint for putting up with all of us coaches through the years when. Uh, my right. wife gone through breast cancer uh unbeknownst to me i found out that coach was calling her more than than he was calling me so uh, awesome. it was just a real personal connection and, and you know he 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 taught me so much but again to your point here's a guy that was another continual learner if you ever went uh, to Lipscomb and 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 went to his office and there's just like 10 4 drawer filing cabinets full of clinic notes and he would allow you to go through there and pull anything put it on the copier. Uh, he he was just he he was the ultimate share of basketball.
0: Yeah, I I think so much of our learning that we've had is coming and is coming through and this is where for young coaches that are listening and Bobby, as you know, we have coaches all over the world that listen to this, you know, I love to teach X and O's as you do, but this is the things that I think are the separators for them is that relationships I think are the most valuable asset you can have. I've never had a resume in 50 years of coaching. I never will have a resume. If they say you need one for the job, I'm out. Yeah, I say, you know, sorry, you know, Google me, you know, that's it. You know, uh, You know, that's, I don't have one of those resumes and stuff, but the relationships that we have, they're the difference maker, aren't they?
1: 100%. And it's that, that's an everyday deal. Uh, your, your ability, uh, to create, maintain levels of trust with your players, the people you work with, the people in your community, uh, it's just everything. And it's, it's, it's constant communication with the number one factor, being a great listener. Um, and it, it's an understanding that relationships and communication has changed over the years. You know, uh, Tim Elmore, I know you know Tim. We love,
0: Zach and I love Tim Elmore.
1: He came to AM a few years ago and, and spoke. And he told an amazing story about in the beginning of time, uh, there was a river. And you went down to the river and you cupped your hand and you brought the water to your mouth and you drank it. Then later we learned how to scoop it. Then later we created a well and then piping. And now we got, we got, holy cow, we got water and bottles. Well, guess what? <laughs> water has never changed in a million years, but the packaging has. And it's the same thing with communication. It's how you package it, and that you know there, when you when you when you go to the grocery store, there's all kinds of different bottled waters. Well, you got all kinds of different players. You have to package your messages different to each player, and that only comes about after you create a relationship and you get to know them. You understand their why and what's important to them.
0: You know, Greg Sankey is someone I hold in very high regard, and I remember when I came to LSU. Back in 2015, I I get a message from the SEC office. I have to take to be able to coach this year. I have to go take their orientation for coaching program. You know, I've been coaching for 40 years, but I have to go to an orientation program in Birmingham and we're we're practicing now because I missed the summer one. And so I said to Johnny Jones, your dear friend of mine and Zach's, and I said, hey, coach, they're making me le- not go to practice day. I have to go to Birmingham for this. He says, Hey, you got to do what you got to do. So I go there and you know, it's all the BS meeting that you have about, you know, following compliance, all that. And then they said, after lunch, there'll be a guest speaker. Oh God, the guest speaker, just what I could imagine what it's going to be. The guest speaker is Tim Elmore. And I came back from there and I said to Zach, I said, he said, "How was the thing?" I said, oh, "It was the greatest. The greatest. <laughs> the orientation was great. No, Tim Elmore is great. Tim Elmore, and he's been a dear friend of ours for, since, and we love him. He's taught so much, and uh, and to me, uh, I every coach needs to read everything about that Tim Elmore says, does, and uh, if I could go and take another job." you know, at, uh, you know, for, you know, like for a semester type of thing or a year, I'd go work for Tim O'Moore. I mean, talk about learning curve and, uh, you know, and he talked about, you know, the Gen Z, the Gen X. Now we're down to alpha maybe now, you know, the youngest kids. And, and, uh, when I go to do our visits to colleges now and pro teams, I say to the coaches, what's the attention span of these players you have? And they say, oh, 30 minutes, no more. 30 minutes. I said, 30 minutes, huh? Really? You've researched that? Oh, no, but we show a video for 30 minutes. So How long are your practices? Oh, yeah. How about your drills? And they go through all this. I said, I hate to disillusion you, but this really close friend of ours who's got a PhD in teaching and learning, he says your players, it's really three to five seconds. Now, that's scary, the attention span of players. So if you can't adjust and adapt to that, you're in trouble, right, Bob?
1: Oh, you really are. And it's 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 in every single facet. We absolutely, we changed uh, the way we showed film and the way we presented scouts because of Tim Elmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at Texas A&M, you know, we used to give them these nice big eight, nine page scanning reports. And now they're down to about two, three pages. They're done in bullet points, not paragraphs. A bigger part of the scanning report is what we go over that we ask them to write down. Uh, we don't show them a full scout in one day. We show them bits and pieces here and there because they'll, they'll grasp it. Yeah. And, and otherwise, if, if, if you're in the communicating, you need to study Tim Elmore. Yes. That's whether great. you're coaching, whether you're leading, whether you're a parent, yes. I would be studying Tim Elmore.
0: That, that's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. So when, uh, so, you you keep coaching every year. You don't get, take sabbaticals like I do. Uh, but uh, one of the the best year that I've had in coaching was about ten eleven years ago when you and I did daily clinics at the University of Central Florida, UCF, and you were there on your one year away from uh, LSU before you went to Texas A and M. That was like all of a sudden when our friend Joy Williams said and Greg Brown said. Oh, Bob Starkey's gonna come here. I thought they were pulling my leg. I said, You gotta be kidding me. And and that was so much fun to be with you for a year, brother. Was yeah, I'm telling you awesome.
1: what, that was a special year of my career. Uh, yeah. I was really tired after after the the run at LSU and yeah. uh, had had literally thought about taking a year off when Joey called an opportunity to work for Greg, and then I get to come hang with you and, and Donnie <laughs> and uh guy Kevin would roll into town and uh yeah. It was such a great learning experience for me. And uh you know, this this is this is this is important, Brandon. It there there it's not like this every place. But as a women's coach, when you can work someplace where the men's staff respects you and wants to share, boy, that's that's an opportunity for growth. And I, I had that at AM with 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 Buzz Williams. Coach was so really good to me. Uh, I learned so much from him, and, and 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 again, that one year with you guys was special. And when you have that synergy between the two staffs, it just makes everything better.
0: Yeah, Gary Blair is uh, incredible. I loved I loved him, and uh, man, I thought he was he was so damn special. And uh, what a thrill for you to go and uh, spend time with a guy like that, you know, for a year. He's what is the deal with you and Hall of Fame coaches? I mean, like Dale Brown. You know, when you come to LSU, who's, we love to death. We love Dell. And then all of a sudden, then you have Sue Gunter. Then, uh, you know, and then when you go from Sue to Van Chancellor, and now Kim Mulkey. Us mere mortals. I mean, uh, you're you're amazing. Uh, The law of attraction I believe in. So, you know, it's fantastic. What a learning thing, huh? 100%.
1: 100%. I, I've said this a million times. There there cannot be an assistant coach more blessed than I have. I, every single one of them are different,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: as you know. Sure. As you yeah. know, it's, there, there's so many different ways to coach this game. Yep. So each stop, I've had an opportunity to learn. And it's one of the reasons I'm still in the business. I it, This year uh, with Coach Malky has been absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I feel so invigorated. Uh, from watching everything that she does. She has such great uh, attention to detail and everything from practice to game, to the fast break club, to how the office looks, to how clean the, I mean, everything's so important. You know, I, I describe her as, you know, you can be a, a thermostat or you can be a thermometer. You know, the thermometer measures the temperature, the thermostat sets it. Let me tell you something. She wakes up in the morning ready to set the temperature. She's She's just absolutely uh, amazing to work for. And this is this has been one of the most enjoyable years of my coaching career.
0: Yeah, Zach, uh, you know, I, I love head coaches that will, um, you know, sing their praise of their assistants. It's not an I, I, I thing or it's a we thing. And uh, she had some great comments about you recently. Zach, you want to share some of those, buddy?
2: Yeah, well, in, instead of hearing it from me, why don't we just hear it from Coach herself? Well, I think you're selling Bob short to call him a defensive mastermind. I think Bob is a head coach that chooses not to be a head coach. He can do it all. He's good at when I don't want to get on him, he gets on him. He's good at making suggestions in the game but not giving me too many suggestions. He is one that loves to be in the film room. I don't. He just has so much knowledge. He's a big book reader. He shares books with our team and has them do reports. I love that, and it also brings new ideas to me as the head coach. But you don't ever want to become stagnant.
0: You know that, that that to me that describes what a hell of an assistant should be, Bob.
1: Oh, I agree because you've been one yourself. I, the most important thing I, I told somebody when I came here the. The, the first most important thing I had to do was listen and learn. But then, as you know, as an assistant coach, because we just got through talking about it, all these head coaches are different. So a really good assistant coach can adapt. And mm. each head coach I've worked for needed something a little bit different for me. It's, it's my job to find out what it is and then own that and not overstep those boundaries. we got an amazing staff here. Yep. it's just not me there's some people here that worked for cam back in the baylor days and this is a well-oiled machine i tell everybody right now my claim to fame is i haven't found a way to screw this up yet
0: <laughs> i like that i like that That is, that is great uh you told me <laughs> on one of our uh uh pseudo meetings that we used to have at ucf i said bob you, you coached the highest level of men. Now you're coaching women. And this is before I totally fell in love with the women's game. I was an outsider that was fond of it. And you said, and you said to me, and I'm going to maybe screw it up, but you said, Brendan, there's no difference coaching men or women. You know, it, it's the same thing, right? I mean, as far as, and I don't mean it's the same thing, but uh coaching's coaching, right?
1: Well, it is. And, and, and again, you know, kind of, Drifting back to what we, we talked about with the Tim Elmore discussion is, is, is you're coaching individuals. Um, uh, I've coached some men that were, were, <laughs> were a little bit on off mentally. And so, you know, I, I got to figure out how I can dial them up and get them where they need to want to go. And, and then I've coached some amazingly competitive women. So uh, for me, people ask me which would I rather coach, and I I would rather coach a a, a teachable kid that, that that wants to be the best they can be, whether that's a male or a female. Sure, and I've been blessed to coach both, uh, so uh, I could I I could easily go back to the men's side as, as long as I have the opportunity to coach people with the right attitude and uh, you know a, a team first mentality, and you know that's the key is coaching the right right people.
0: Boy, that's that's so good, Bob one of the things that always amazes me is the due to relationships, the incredible relationship and love that you have for some of your awesome players that play for you at LSU women that, you know, being, you know, Simone and Sylvia, when they're playing in the WNBA, where you would literally follow them to championship level games or to, you know, uh and then, You know, recently, of course, with, you know, the statue being put out there for I mean, those are moments that are so special to you, right?
1: They mean everything to me. You know, when I recruit a kid, I tell him I'm not going to be your coach for four years. I'm going to be your coach forever. And, and, and that, that's everything for me, Uh, dropping them a phone call, a text message to visiting them. Uh, not just for professional players, but I, I got a lot of highly successful players and in, in, in other fields. Uh, I, I love to mail books. Uh, they they know they're still going to get homework assignments from me, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, you know that's that's when you know you did your job right. When a player no longer plays for you, but still wants to be part of your life and wants you to be a part of his or hers, and uh, that's that's by far the most fulfilling thing that happens to me.
0: The. Coaches are asking me, "What is the most important thing in coaching nowadays?" and and I say, my five keys are yeah, you, you know you you have to have competency. That's a given to me. Um, you know, you know, I think you know that's so important. Then you must have, you know, just amazing integrity with them. They they know you're telling them the truth. You have to. They have to trust you. Uh, they have to know that you care for them, and I even say care and love them. I think love has come into leadership and coaching now in a way that it wasn't there when I started. I think it almost goes to the top for me. And uh, I remember Chuck Daly telling me once, Brendan, uh, you you, uh, you can't fa- you can't fall in love with Joe Dumars. He said you love him, and he said we might have to trade him. I said, "Well, I'm sorry. If we do, then I'll probably quit." You know, I said, "But you know, he does everything we want a player to be and do." And so, I'm sorry. I love him. You know, and uh, so be it. You know, but I think that's the relationship you get with your players. You know.
1: Well, it, it, it's 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 really fulfilling. And, you know, the 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 best the best day of my life is when a former player sticks her head in the office or. <laughs> or shoots me a picture of, of, of their, their, their daughter or son playing in a, in a rec league or, you know, a Christmas card. I mean, that's when you know that, that you made that connection. Uh, You know, you talk about challenges uh, with today's kid. The the one that comes up uh, in my mind a lot is consistency. Uh, They get so easily bored. Uh, You know, I I think the absolute greatest are, and there's nobody comes to my mind better than Kobe. Uh, you know, Kevin Eastman, our, our dear friend yeah. tells the best story about how Kobe goes and works on one move for two or three or four hours straight. And Kevin asked him, well, well how long do you work on a move? And Kobe says until, <laughs> And you know, that's just the most powerful thing. And, you know, it's hard now for us to find a kid who work on the same move for maybe three or four reps, and then they, yep. they want to go to the next thing. So, uh, being consistent and deliberate in what you do on a daily basis is really hard for this generation. And I think if you can find a way to keep kids focused on what, you know, what's the saying, make sure the main thing's the main thing. Yep. Uh, then I think you have a chance to move the needle with them, not just on the court, but off the court.
0: Bob, as you're going through, uh, you know, and, 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 I know you keep going to clinics and stuff and you, and you teach at clinics, the, the things that you're trying to emphasize to coaches, high-level coaches, let's say, what would be some things that you would recommend to them to help them be successful other than things that we've talked about a little bit today?
1: Well, you know, whenever I speak at a clinic, I talk about, I think, the two most important things that we teach. And it's not dribbling, shooting, passing, defense. It's teaching kids to think and talk. Mm. And it's it's always funny, but there, uh, there I've never had a coach disagree with that. But then I'll follow up. with what are you doing on a daily basis to teach thinking and talking? You know, uh, you know, are, are you are you using the structure of your practice uh, to make them have to think and talk? You know, Shashevsky would use chaos drills that teaches thinking and talking. Uh, you know, there's a great story of Buzz Williams who used to record his practice and listen to it on a CD in his car so he could hear what his practices were thinking, what they what they sounded like. Ask your kids sometimes, what does a good practice sound like? Mm. Um, and then, I, you know, when I, I think along those terms, I always think of, of, of Don Myers' great thing. It's not what you teach, it's what you emphasize. Mm. So if you want a team to, that thinks and talks uh, every single day, and then you're, you have to you have to put that as part of your structure and practice.
0: Chuck Daly used to say you can only emphasize two things. And I'm like going, there's so many more things we have to cover. He said, I said, what are the things we're going to emphasize, Chuck? And he said, uh, defense and rebounding. Mm. And I said, "But every guy on our team wants to shoot. He says, I don't have to emphasize that. That's, That's what right. they're going to do.
2: That's he said,
0: I don't have to convince Isaiah to shoot the ball. You know, he said... But I got to emphasize to him that defensive rebounding. And if we're the best rebounding team in the league, we're going to win. And, and you know what? And and Pete Carrillo, I had heard when I was 18 years old at a clinic. As a college student, I went to a clinic and they wouldn't let me in, even though I was paying. They said, this is not for kids. This is not for students. This is for coaches. And I said, well, I want to be one. I'm studying how to be one in school. And they let me come in. And and he said, he said I teach defense and passing.
1: Oh, of course, uh,
0: right? And and you know and, and and I and I never forgot that. And and I th- I think, I think that's so important. The emphasis part of it, you know, because you can't emphasize twenty things. Unfortunately, uh, you can do it, you can practice them, but you can't emphasize them. You know, yeah. but man, uh, you know, this could be a, a day long seminar. But I know you're going to try to, you know, get a few more players and try to keep this uh, incredible uh, run going with, the, you know, one of the most exciting teams in the country. Uh, I know this is great, but so great for our listeners, Bob, to be able to catch up and hear you and a tree for Zach and I appreciate you so much, man.
1: Uh, you know, I, let me tell you something, whether it's it's, it's on a podcast or. Or at a restaurant, or in the back of a gym, I will talk basketball with you any day of the week. I always come come away smarter after a conversation with you.
0: Well, since we're both in Baton Rouge, that that means that we're going to Phil's. That we're gonna go get some. We're gonna go get some good Cajun food down here, and so my treat. Okay, brother. Oh, if it's your treat, I'm texting Anthony right now. We'll to <laughs> we're, gonna make Anthony we're gonna make Anthony
1: buy. We're <laughs> gonna You know what?
0: Uh, that that's a better idea. Yeah, Anthony will. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> yeah, Phil's Oyster Bar on Perkins Road. Yes, in Baton Rouge. Please stop by, and uh, you know <laughs> the first uh, iced tea is on us. But uh, yeah, that that's that'll be great. I, I love you, brother, and thank you so much.
1: Thank you.